Blog Talk Radio. Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. time of day it is that you're listening. It's Janet, and I'm here to share with you some very interesting information. At least, I think it'll be interesting. Last week, uh, well, I have been doing for, I think this is the third week now, or fourth week, I've been covering evolutionary concepts about what they are, uh, what the energies represent, where they've gone, what's happened on this planet, a lot of information about the evolutionary concept. Last week I did the Atlantean and the Egyptian concept. Actually, the whole topic really is leading into the start of the evolutionary concept today that I'm going to be explaining, the higher heart consciousness concept or the Christed concept as we call it here on this planet. And it is fascinating information, but I want to give you, I I just want to say a few things up front. First of all, this is information for the most part I have never given out to the public. I've given it out, a a bit of it here or there to individuals, but I've held back on it because it is so important that you understand, that, that people understand and that I don't come across as insulting or denigrating and I don't want to upset anyone. When we talk about elements that have to do or things that have to do with beliefs, whether it's a political belief or a religious belief or a philosophical belief of any kind, you know, we can, we can rub people's feathers the wrong way. And for me, it isn't ever meant to do that. What I'm doing is giving you some higher self information. It's a higher self perspective. For the most part, what I'm presenting over the next few weeks will be coming almost completely from Joan Culpepper, who I have told you in the past that I learned from. But I use this information on a regular basis myself and have expanded it. But I need to give everybody the foundation. And so I am giving you much of Joan Culpepper's information. And starting next week, there will be some actual in in words, I'm going to actually read a little bit of something, and I'll, I'll get into that at the end, end of today. Anyway, this information, does, because I'm presenting it, doesn't mean it's right. In fact, it, it, we go to this polarity here, and I talk about polarities a lot in my shows, where there's right and wrong, or good and bad, or up and down, or that kind of thing, and this information could be polarizing. It could be that people are going to perceive, any individual is going to perceive that I'm presenting information because it's right, in quotes, or it is better or whatever, and that if they don't resonate with what I say, if someone doesn't agree with the things that I speak out or explain, that somehow that puts them in the wrong category or that I would think that they are wrong. But 
in fact, this, this information is not presented in that meaning to be presented. Now, maybe some people will feel that it is, but I don't mean to present it in that way because it's up to each individual to decide what they resonate in the, with in the information and what they don't. There could be parts that feel right to you and parts that don't, and you throw them out. Each individual needs to be discerning for themselves. However, understand that by presenting a different perspective, it gives you more choice, doesn't it? If you only have five things about one topic to decide what works for you, you only have five things to choose from. Well, now if a new thing comes up and you have six things, you have a wider choice of what to how to think about things, what resonates, what doesn't. So it, so I, I'm presenting this information in that spirit to give you information that you can choose how you feel about it. It, it just opens and makes more unlimited the possibilities of how we might think about things. So as I say all the time, I'm going to ask everyone to stand in the center between belief and disbelief, understanding and remembering, as you recall, that every belief actually is a limiter, and that's as far as we go. So we want to keep our expansion or our choices unlimited, and so we we try as best we can to stay between the belief and disbelief. And I'll just allow the information to come in, allow it to be presented, be what it is. And then afterward, you can feel, well, this feels, I resonate to this, I resonate to that. If you jump in with a judgment one minute into the information, either you'll, and maybe it's a disbelief, you might turn off the, the show you might just close yourself down to hearing other information there might be something else down the line that you'd be more you might be open to or might be interesting to you might be food for thought for you might resonate more because we're not necessarily going to resonate with every single part of it you might you may resonate with none of it you may resonate just with bits here and there so let's see if you can and i encourage you to try to Stand between the belief and disbelief so that you can just allow the information to come in. And I want you to know, and I'm sure you know this if you've heard me at all, that I do respect all viewpoints and I don't see them as good or bad or right and wrong. The We're all on our own unique journeys and what is right for me isn't right for somebody else and vice versa. We all are finding our own way, our own paths, our own We're opening our own doors. We're awakening at our own speed. And that journey is different for everyone. And I respect everybody's journey. And I think you guys know that. In any case, I was a part of the Christian dynamic when I grew up. And I found tremendous amount of things that I learned and that that I resonated with. I just, there were parts of the the background and the knowledge that I gained growing up that just really fed me. There were other parts that did not, questions I had, things that seemed illogical or things that were confusing or things that just made no sense or whatever. And that's the way with everything, whether we're looking at a political viewpoint or a 
religious one, we can, we'll find often that there's areas that feel right and areas that don't. We're complex beings and we have complex concepts and understandings and belief systems that we carry. And so that's the norm, guys. So when I heard this information, it did resonate with me. And I'm sharing it with you. If it didn't, maybe I wouldn't have resonated, but maybe I wouldn't share it with you. But in fact, just about 100% of the higher self information I was able, I resonated with. So as I present it, you may feel as if I'm presenting it as the truth. But I don't mean to give you that impression, because if you remember, there's my truth, your truth, and the ever-expanding truth. And the journey that we're all on is to finding that ever-expanding truth for each of for ourselves. And so my expanding truth may not be your expanding truth. So again, I respect everybody. Absolutely respect everybody's viewpoint and hope that I do not insult or make anybody feel upset by this information. Okay, enough said on that. Okay, so today (laughs) I am talking about the higher heart consciousness concept that was infused or the Christ consciousness, you could call it that. What is that exactly? Well, higher heart consciousness actually is the very highest attainable aspect of the originating source in the human community. It is true enlightenment at the heart level. It also encompasses the idea of loving properly all that exists, known and unknown. And in order to love properly, guess what? Each each of us have to learn to properly love ourselves. And this is an essential part of the Christ or Christed concept of evolution because it the other part of it or the the result of properly loving ourselves is the process of transformation. And I don't talk about it much, and but I am going to be talking about it now. <laughs> And the process of transformation is the transforming of the body while it's still alive into a lighter, uh, more high-frequency body. And it is, it is a process that every single fifth dimensional who, every single fifth dimensional has to go through at, at the end of their human journey in order to move into the fifth dimension we have to transform the physical body while it's alive. Because to move into the fifth dimension, you take the body and the soul with you. The body and the soul are equally important. It's only in the human kingdom where we lay aside the body at the end of each life. So the other part of the Christed concept of evolution is that there was to be a demonstration of the transformation of the body. Now, okay, so who was Christ? Well, Christ was a fifth dimensional, just like most of the people listening to the show. He chose the mission to demonstrate the Christ concept of higher heart consciousness and the transformation of the body. He carries with him the dual soul nature, so he came in with his fifth dimensional true soul essence, and he came in with that human facade soul. At the fifth dimensional level, he told us his name was Marius, okay? 
And he was to demonstrate the transformation of the body while we were living. And he was, you know, demonstrating that we don't have to kill off the body in death. Very, very important. That is the, the, one of the main keys to transforming or moving from the human kingdom into that fifth dimension. So keep in mind, while he was on the planet, he's a fifth dimensional carrying both the fourth dimensional body and the fourth dimensional facade soul mind, just like we are now. Okay, so what happened? <laughs> okay, well, you recall from my prior shows on this evolutionary concept thing that the planet had a very difficult time carrying out the earlier concepts. One major reason was that it carries the lower de-intensified uh, aspect of the pure soul essence and the other planets in this solar line. I'm not going to explain that in great detail because I talked about it last week, I think, in pretty much detail. In any case, because the Earth was the last, quote-unquote, child in the solar system, that it, the last ch- child, the last planet, the last child in the solar system, it carried the weakest intensity of the pure soul essence of the energy that gave birth to the planet. So the very first planet in line carried the most intense energy, the second planet, the next most, et cetera, et cetera. So the Earth carries the least intensity of all the other planets in the solar system. And this means that many of the souls that were attracted to this planet at the point in time that the Christ concept was infused was based on the vibration that they carry because their vibration had to match the vibration of the planet, which was a more de-intensified vibration. Okay, so since souls are attracted to any planet at any point in time, based on the frequency of the planet, the souls that came and incarnated on Earth were, for the most part, not souls that were capable of realizing and fulfilling the Atlantean and the Egyptian concepts of evolution at their purest, highest form. And I talked about this, too. So um, it's important that if you want to learn more about it, you go back and listen. And once an evolutionary age has been established and has played out in a way that wasn't at the highest level, the evolutionary concepts that follow are scrambled as well. And they're understood at souls at a lower level as well. And so this is what happened on the planet Earth, the last child in line in the solar system. Okay? So we have the, the Christed concept moving in on top of already concepts that already were misunderstood played out erroneously, and the force fields of energy around the planet were infused with the misunderstandings, with the misinterpretation, with the confusion. And <clears throat> therefore, when Christ came in to carry out his mission, he was having to deal with this, uh, this situation. And he, even though, you know, now I'm going to call him Marius 
uh, or Marius, because that's a bit dimensional name, but it is the name for Jesus, and there's going to be much more. I'm giving you general information about the Christ concept. I have more specific information that I will share every week. Uh, we have just a ton of information, and I'll explain a little bit toward the end of the show. But in any case, he understood, he was more awakened than others that worked with him. He wasn't the only fifth dimensional on the planet at that point in time. All the apostles guys were fifth dimensional. And many that surrounded this, the whole Christian concept that was being infused. Marius was more awakened than the others, and he understood clearly that the frequency of the souls in the, on the planet at that point in time were not at the le- uh, level that he could blatantly speak out the message that he brought in in direct ways, the direct wisdom and knowledge in all of its expansion. He knew that the souls present there would not be able to take it in. So he spoke in parables. He presented it in a more gentle way, so to speak, in parables. However, the souls there also misunderstood many of the parables. So because remember, the force field of energies, uh, force field of energy around the planet, the astral were carrying so many misunderstandings and many of the souls on the planet, although not all of them, had gone through some of the prior infusions of the Atlantean and or the Egyptian. And so they had taken in and with direct experience the misunderstandings and therefore they were carrying within their own thought form bodies the lesser frequency of concepts that were infused. And so they also misunderstood the Christed concept. So he did bring this information in with using parables, parables, and often people misunderstood. But he knew that if he had presented it in its full wisdom and knowledge at the expanded level, that it would have created a lot more chaos than that was already there at the time. So what happened was that Christ was unable then to lift the consciousness of humanity. He carried out his mission as best he could, but it was not at the highest level. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit. Now, I want to say that all of us, every single one of you that are listening to this and me and everybody, we have been around for so many years of time carrying the dual soul nature. We've all played out one or many concepts infused upon different planets. And often there are times where we were not able to bring that concept into or realize that concept into manifesting at its highest, most pure level. So I want you to understand that just because a mission fails, unquote, or doesn't fail, it doesn't mean that the souls who are carrying out the mission have failed. Remember, from the higher self perspective, they don't get failure, okay? In our reality, they, their perception is that even our mistakes are used on our own behalf, and there's, no tr- there's truly no good or bad. It's all a part of the process and of the journey and of the growing and of the moving forward and of the expansion and of evolution. So there is no failure, and I want to be really clear. This doesn't mean that Christ failed, and 
So I just want to be really clear on that. Okay, so what did he do and what were the results? Well, number one, he came in to carry that divine love. He came in to lift the consciousness of the people to the point where this physical body transformation could take place. Um, and to, to demonstrate, he came in actually to demonstrate the transformation of the physical body while it's alive. But he did not. As we all know, he chose to die and to kill off the body. He chose to resurrect. But resurrecting from the dead is not the same as transforming while the body is alive. So there were many, many misinterpretations as to the laying aside of the body and the transformation and the resurrection. And it had nothing to do with the true mission of the transformation of the body while it's alive. Now, what was the result of this? Well, energy was actually infused upon the planet, upon the fourth field, in the astral, because understand each concept as it moves in and, it, and as it processes all of the humanities, whatever level, whatever time, whatever concept, they have thoughts and those are all infused into the astral. And what was infused with his killing off of the body and uh, that process was martyrdom, death, destruction, the delaying of the destiny path. And those sorts of the suffering, all sorts of things like that were infused into the fourth field of energy on the planet. So to not do the physical transformation, in fact, was not, uh, was, you know, the mission was not carried out at the highest level. And this actually caused the planet Earth or the souls upon the planet to run behind, okay? It actually created a stagnation upon the planet. The second thing that he did, and um, it's not only what he did, it's, this was in part what was processed after he died, but it was a, kind of a joint effort, so to speak, was that he created a con the concept of idolatry, uh, that he was a savior who single-handedly was going to save the world of all of its sins and woes. And the it was never intended, in fact, that he become an idol to be worshipped or to take on the role of being the savior or to be the only quote-unquote begotten son of God. Because as you guys know, we're all sons of God. We all are equal. We all carry the pure soul essence. There is no one person who's going to save us. We are in the free will kingdom, and we, each and every one of us, have to, we're the directing identities for our own journey and our own saving ourselves, so to speak. So the result was, that the humanities on the planet were exposed to this idolatry, to worshiping something outside themselves, and were, as a result, very set back. So even when those individuals that were alive at that time lay aside the body, you have to remember 
that the concept was just infused deeply into the force fields of energy and were empowered after that. And I will talk to you about the role of a couple, three of the, the apostles. And I mean, yeah, the apostles. And so the humanities born later, you see, if they carry anything in their thought form body, which the ones, many of the souls that would incarnate later are ones that would carry these concepts, these belief systems, these ideas. They're just walking around every day and they're empowered by all of the energies that are infused into the astral. So if you have a tendency or a belief in martyrdom in any way, even if you haven't had any exposure to it in a current life, if you carry it from another life, then all the martyrdom that was infused into the planet would empower your own martyrdom thought form. So just the, the experiential reality that, for, that went on for all those individuals, it just got infused big time into the planet. Now, and we all have to deal with that. Okay, you wonder why I say neutralize, 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 <laughs> because whatever we're carrying gets empowered by the astral. So I have done a significant amount of shows on the astral. So if you haven't heard those shows, go to my website, higherselfvoice.com or janetrichmond.com, look under podcasts, uh, and you'll find, and my shows are archived there, and they're all indexed. So you're going to find the ones in the after all, and I really encourage you to listen to them if you haven't already, because it is a very big, important part, and we're going to do an exercise after I explain this stuff. We're going to do an exercise at the end to help the astral situation because it's so important. But in any way, I'm not ready to get there yet. Let's go on to the role of Judas. Now, Judas, he was also a fifth dimensional, and he knew back in those days that Jesus should not kill off the body, so to speak. He didn't want that to happen. And he actually apparently spent a tremendous amount of time trying to dissuade him of making that choice. But it got to the point where he understood that that was not going to happen. And so he realized that if it didn't happen, that he would end up playing out the role of the traitor. But he still took on the mission to try to dissuade him. And it was, as we know, still unacceptable. So the betrayal was played out. In other planets where the Christ concept plays out more properly, the role of Judas was very different because there wasn't this issue and no need for the betrayal, so to speak. In any case, so that was the role of Judas. Now, Mary, I do want to just speak briefly on Mary, even though she wasn't actually an apostle, but she played out the, the mother of the one playing Christ of Light concept, as you know. And But I want to explain that the virgin birth that was promoted throughout history, according to the information Joan brought in, was not, in fact, a virgin birth at all. Uh, where an angel came and impregnated her. It was a misunderstanding of the idea that Jesus was being implanted in her womb. He was a, not implanted, but he was a fifth dimensional who would become a child of Mary. 
and that fifth dimensional energy or light was interpreted as an angel. So it was misinterpreted. In fact, the so there wasn't a miraculous uh, conception. And I want to remind you all that all fifth dimensionals present in the human kingdom carry the facade form for one for more than one reason. But one main reason is that we have to play out the rules and regulations of the fourth dimension of the human kingdom. So one of which is procreation by joining of the male and the female genetic elements. So Mary was in actuality impregnated by Joseph. It wasn't a miracle, so to speak. It was a misinterpretation of the light, the fifth dimensional light that was Jesus in the womb was misunderstood to be an angel. So in any case, I did want to clear that up. Okay, now Paul, Paul had a really quite a large role uh, in the whole process of setting up the, the Christianity dynamic. And I'm going to explain a little bit about it. You will hear a lot more about Paul um, and Marias uh, down the line. But right now I want to explain in general that when the ultimate mission was aborted uh, prematurely, and as I said, it was aborted based on the mentality of the souls that were involved. Marius didn't believe he could play it out at the highest level. And <clears throat> so he played it out, I guess, in the best way that he thought he could. Now, when Marius died, the, the two factions apparently now, you may know some of the history of Christianity. I don't know much about it, so I'm just taking the word for uh, what Joan brought in. So the higher self word for it, but it felt right from what I remembered. And Paul, there, the, there were two factions that broke off. Paul was one, and he had a very significant role in promoting the idea of the idolatry. And many at the time looked to Paul to leave them out of bondage and show them the way to worship Jesus. And I, I understand he was the one that set up the whole idea of the church, to having a physical church. And in any case, more of that later. But in any case, uh, he also misread the pattern and he fell, excuse me, into this idea of worship and idolatry. And he brought it out to the public. I, I gather he traveled quite a bit to spread the word uh, that Jesus was the Savior. And so Paul played out the role, that role, in one of the factions. There was this, the other faction did not agree with him. They didn't agree with his interpretation, and they had a strong sense, even though they may not have understood perfectly. They had a strong sense this was not the proper way, and that was not the proper message that should be brought out. And so there was a lot of ill will and bad feelings and apparently many conflicts and arguments that played themselves out at the time. And so rather than coming together and finding a balance between the two ideas or the two types of philosophies, there was a very distinctive split. And Paul continued to do what he thought was right and proper. And the others also did. And they ultimately went underground for the intensity of this conflict was such that it was actually kind of dangerous to fight against Paul's message. So 
we had a tremendous split at the time and post the death of Marius. And the mentality of the souls in place, of course, they they followed, I guess, one or the other faction or whatever, and they all, you know, continued the misunderstanding and the misconceptions and the misinterpretations of the scriptures, of the word, everything was garbled and misunderstood. Okay. Now, what were the results of the split? I, I'm talking about the split because it was kind of significant. If the higher heart consciousness, if Marias was able to play out his role of of the Christ concept on the planet properly, it would have brought a really high degree of consciousness energy into the fabric of the planet itself, into those forest fields of energy. And the souls on the planet would have had the ability to awaken more quickly to the mission, to understanding it, et cetera, et cetera. But instead, we got these scrambled infusions of energy that dealt, again, with death, martyrdom, suffering, and placing another in the role of the savior. So the awakening process for all of the humanities was placed in a state of stagnation. It didn't get the benefit from the higher, purer level of the higher heart consciousness and the transformation of the body. So, so it was, we, you know, we didn't get that benefit. Now, however, as I said before, in my prior shows, that it doesn't mean we were punished or we're victims or the there's a problem. What it meant that when souls have the issues that are present on the planet today, the souls that need to learn and grow and expand and experience that growth or go through that journey, they will incarnate here. So this planet, even though we didn't get the benefit of, of the proper way other planets did. So if we didn't need to, to, if we didn't carry these same type of scrambles of suffering or self-denigration or worshiping of others, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't incur, have incarnated here. So there is no punishment. It's a beautiful opportunity for many souls that have some very deep scrambles. So so, again, we're not punished. Okay. So, the awakening process was brought into a state of stagnation. However, since then, we have the evolutionary thrust. Remember I've said many times that the, the originating source itself is going through a process of gearing up for its own giant leap forward in evolution. And as it gears up, as it speeds up its evolutionary frequency, it brings all of us with it because we are part of it. We are all expressions of the originating source. So now on the planet, all the souls, not just the fifth dimensional, but all the souls have the push or the pull of the evolutionary thrust. It's helping us all to go through that awakening. It's helping the stagnation on the planet today, and it has been happening over the last 2,000 years. Remember, I've said that the last 2,000 years, the increase of evolutionary frequency energy is the equivalent of 10,000 years. So there's been this exponential growth of the speed up of the evolutionary frequency that has nothing to do with any evolutionary concept that's been infused on the planet. This is something completely separate. 
Okay. Now, the evolutionary thrust hadn't really begun. If it had begun, it was just in its early days back when the Christ concept was moving into place on this planet. And so the those fifth dimensionals that were taking part in the Christ concept, Marius and the others, they were absolutely, they didn't get the benefit. So they have the density of the frequency equivalent of 10,000 years ago to play out this concept in, in a proper way. Much more difficult, very difficult for them to awaken, so to speak, to those higher levels. Now, we... Nowadays, we who are placed here, we are 2,000 years into the evolutionary thrust, and the evolutionary momentum is just moving so fast. It's faster in a way than we can even assimilate. And it's made it very difficult for us. It's caused us, it causes us that fatigue. Sometimes there's even a sense of being apathetic because it's just more than we can handle. Uh, sometimes our brain feels like it's unstunned. Also, it does create the sense that we've lost our memory because we're here in this moment with a thought and we're moving faster and faster beyond the thought. Yet we're standing here in this reality with the knowledge the thought was there, but we can't find it anymore because we've gone past it. So we don't remember it. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but in fact, the evolutionary thrust is a major factor in our being able to assimilate and awaken. The awakening is happening so fast for all souls now because of this evolutionary thrust. And the fifth dimensionals in place are having to deal with the difficulty of that, a different kind of difficulty than was in place during the Christ concept. And I want to make it really clear that we each, had our, we each have our own difficulties, but if it were... If it were me to give an opinion, I'd rather have the difficulty today because to me, the evolutionary thrust overall is a huge benefit. Anyway, it's as if we're living living in the now moment and also in the future now, but we haven't really connected the two. It's The movement is so fast, we have to reach a point of being able to process the evolutionary momentum at its fullest. And it's difficult, and we haven't gotten there yet. It's difficult to assimilate and the and process and understand and to learn with to live in all the nows collectively. So this momentum will continue to grow, it will continue to build and expand and process, and we will come to terms with our, our fourth dimensional reality. We'll come to terms with our fifth dimensional reality in our own time, maybe. We're halfway through the process. I don't know. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. But as we peel away our layers, as we neutralize, sometimes we just can be in a state where we look and we think the world is crazy, uh, very difficult to understand from the higher realities because we haven't quite awakened that far, et cetera, et cetera. And we can look at the sort of very blear, bleary eyes, uh, look at the planet and see things and we just think oh my gosh what's going on so I would encourage just as an aside that we all maintain as much as we can the connection to our higher self reality as we speak through the awakening because it will help as we move through it okay 
So that that all is uh, a bit of an aside in a way, but important because it's important to understand the difference between what those fifth dimensional carrying dual cell nature were going through 2,000 years ago and what we're going through now. We have, I feel, this tremendous advantage, as I said, because we do have an accelerated awakening. Yes, it's difficult for us to assimilate it, to understand it, to move, to fully connect with it, but at least it is moving us faster and faster to where we all want to go. We all want to understand and be connected to those higher realities, and it's going to happen in a much, much quicker for us as a result of this evolutionary threat. And it's helping every other soul, not just the humanities or, or the, the fifth dimensionals with the dual soul nature. It's not, it's not just one or the other. It helps all souls, even those in the mineral, plant, and animal kingdom. So everyone gets the benefit. Okay, so if the concept had gone properly, if the Christ consciousness had gone properly, where, where would we have been today and why? Well, we would have been in a state of divine love. The planet would be at a very peaceful state. We would all be at one with one another. Um, it doesn't mean that we would agree with one another, but we would accept each and every person for who they are, where they are, what they think, what they believe. We would accept one another. So that's the state of peace. Uh, now, we aren't at that stage because the mission was aborted. And the phenomenon that came out was the death and the resurrection. And this was further distorted, as I explained, by the disciples and who misunderstood and misinterpreted what happened and then built the religious idolatry around it. Now, Marius, or the one who played out Jesus, the Christ concept, he was one person. There was nobody there to step in where he left off. And so the mission was completely aborted and because he was carrying the mission. He had a tremendous amount of support there. There were many fifth dimensionals in place on the planet to support him, but everybody misunderstood. Judas did understand that he was not to, to lay aside the body, but he was one and he was unable to convince uh, Marius at the time. So in any case, we're lucky because there are millions of us on the planet, guys. There isn't just one person on the planet. It is a huge effort. So what does that mean today? Well, the reason there is the huge effort is because, in a way, you could look at those of us in the planet today as, now I put this in quotes, as the second coming. Okay, I'm putting using words that are related to the Christ concept, and it's because now we have to take up the slack uh, or complete the higher heart consciousness concept. We have to we have to demonstrate the transformation of the physical body. We have to create the new heaven on earth, so to speak, where it's the peace on the earth, uh, where the planet is playing out of a purified reality. And we, we have to do it over the next 2,000 years. We are also going to be 
So we're running two concepts at once, basically. We're running the Christ consciousness, bringing that up to speed. We are also running the new age. So it's lucky there are millions of us, not just one person. So if some of us move off the path or decide we can do something better in another way or lay aside the body for whatever reason, there are many fifth dimensionals that are here to take up the slack, whereas they didn't have that in the in the age of the Christ uh, consciousness infusion. So it is, we're really running two concepts at once. One, to demonstrate the playing out of the transformation of the physical body, and then two, to bring the, the planet into a state of the higher heart consciousness, bringing peace on earth, the acceptance of all, no matter what they, where they are in their journey, that we eat their love and total love and acceptance of all. And then to also prepare the humanities on the planet for the transformation themselves and the process of moving into the, the fifth dimension. Now, this is all to take place over 2,000 years. So you think, oh, well, there's plenty of time. And in some ways, there is time. But you have to understand that we are dealing with a stagnation that's been in place in the Earth for 2,000 years. I do feel some of it is already moving because of the evolutionary thrust and because there are many out there that are helping in the various ways. So it's not like nothing's been going on and now we have to jump in and start scratch. There have been things going on. There are many things that are moving up and moving into the state of expansion. But we are here to make up for lost time. And one of the things we have to do is that we have to address the force fields of energy around the planet. Right now, the humanities are standing in that state of stagnation, or they've come out of it somewhat. I'm not saying that they're fully into it, but I think you understand what I mean. And so we, 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 need, we need to address the energetics around the planet. It's very difficult for them to make a movement forward when the energetics are constantly empowering what they carry at their own individual thought form body. And we can help. We can help accelerate the movement out of the stagnation just simply without, without even going out there to the masses, without even speaking a word to anyone, simply by working on the etheric bodies around the planet that have been infused with martyrdom, death, resurrection, suffering, uh, idolatry, et cetera, et cetera. We can just, we can help a tremendous amount by working on the astral. And that's going to be the exercise that I'm going to move into. So we're going to do that. It's very important because we can help literally by, you know, you can sit, and eat bonbons in front of the TV, but if you take part in working on the astral, everybody who adds their light, even those who are listening after the fact to the archive shows, hey, each time the show is listened to, that this exercise that we're about to do will happen over and over again. So it just will continue to help the astral. It doesn't, it's not just the live show that helps, and I think you guys know that. So what we're going to do is an exercise to work on the misunderstandings that have been imprinted in a big way onto the astral by, as a result of the incomplete and misdirected infusion of a higher heart con 
consciousness concept that Marias was carrying. Again, at no fault, it's not about fault, it's not about blame, it's not about failing. It was the circumstances and the situation of the planet itself and the souls on the planet. And so it's not about finding fault and blame. It's about, okay, let's understand how we can help make it more complete, how we can help expand it, how we can help bring it into a state where it is truly facilitating the process the evolutionary process of the humanities and other souls on the planet. So it is a very, uh, it has nothing to do with right, wrong, and blame, or failure. It has everything to do with what we're here to do. We're all here. Our mission, in the bigger sense, is to facilitate and accelerate the evolutionary process of the four lower kingdoms. And so that's where all the information is leading us to. That's bottom line for anything that I share. So we're going to do this higher heart consciousness exercise. And the exercise itself is actually one that Joan led us through when she was giving the information. I'm sure I've told you, many of you remember that I went to every single class and the higher self led every single uh, Wednesday group that we call it. They gave us so much of this information in that group. There is also plenty of information that came out in individual readings, and I have copies of them. No idea who the individuals are, but I have copies. The individual name isn't even on the tape, so we just don't know who the individuals are, and we don't care. It's the higher self information, not the individual information, but the higher self explanation of various concepts, and I I always incorporate some of that. I don't have every... individual tape, but I had quite a few, maybe a hundred and, or maybe 200. I'm not sure. But in any case, there are other classes that she has and some of the information comes out from other classes. I don't happen to know where this higher heart consciousness exercise came from. I'm guessing it came from the Wednesday group, but I don't know for sure. But anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm going to amalgamate all of us, and then I'm going to go right into the exercise as she uh, said it at the time. Then I do have a little bit to say at the end of the show that's related to my following show, so I I think you should all hang, hang around. Often I just blabble on afterward, and I don't really say much, but I'm just warning you that to, to listen because I do give you a little bit of um, previews of coming attractions, don't you know? Okay. All right, so I want everyone, as you know, to to make yourself comfortable, quiet the mind as best you can, begin to activate that focused thought to focus now, focus on the pure soul essence, that divine light we all carry. I, again, suggest the sunlight, but honestly, you can use whatever symbol you like or no symbol at all. Maybe you just sense directly your personal essence. If you do, that's absolutely fine. There isn't a right way here. Just focus on that pure soul essence, whatever symbol is. Of course, it isn't the symbol that carries the power. It's the energy behind the symbol that carries it. And so it is very important that you focus on it, understanding that the energy of the pure soul essence is everything that the originating source was, is, and is becoming. And it is our purest, most perfect, and most potent personal power that we carry. And so I want everyone to focus on that brilliant light. Watch it, feel it, sense it, imagine it. It 
experience it moving into and around the physical body, into every nook and cranny, into every cell, every organ, every system, and then to continue its expansion past the physical body into your etheric bodies, moving even past the etheric bodies into becoming one with the totality of your whole soul process, incorporating and encompassing the totality, the past now, the present now, and all of those future nows. And this is bringing us into that forever now moment, helping us to become one with the, and to assimilate the awakening that we are going through, the assimilation of the experiences that we have, the, the living, breathing reality of the fourth dimensional soul mind that we carry, and assimilating it with the living, breathing reality of the fifth dimensional true soul essence that we carry. This is very important, and the, the true soul essence can stand at that level where it experiences the totality of the past, present, and future now. And once we move into assimilating the two parts of our soul, we will be uh, able to, it will be less chaotic, less crazy making, less uh, difficulties for us, and we will um, be able to live in the present now and the future now simultaneously. I know, pretty cool, guys, and that's where we want to go. So we want to fully expand that pure soul essence to encompass the totality of who we are at the soul level. That includes the fourth dimensional, the fifth dimensional, even the sixth dimensional aspects. It also includes the soul aspects that we have on other planets uh, at the current time. And if you don't know about soul aspects, I do have a show on them, and it's very important that you understand this is another part of the totality of who we are at the soul level. The soul is very complicated, has so many pieces to it, so many realities that it's important that we understand that the pure soul essence that we're expanding is encompassing the totality of who we are, known and unknown, whether we consciously understand or not. And we now are standing as beacons of light. I see many, many, many of us around the symbolic circle or around the symbolic rim of the wheel, that symbol that I use often, the wheel itself never really shows anymore. I just see the circle, you know, around the uh, King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table kind of thing where we're all around the table, we're all equal. There is no one sitting at the head or at the bottom or at the end of the table. It is, everyone is equal on this and it encompasses the totality of all the past, present, and future listeners. And so there are many, many souls here, and each and every one is carrying this beautiful uh, light. There we are a system of individual beacons. I'm now going to ask that we all join in one accord. I want to incorporate the consciousness of the true soul essence. I want everyone to focus on their own true soul essence, that part of you that's fifth-dimensional nature, it is important, that's one of our goals, to awaken and assimilate the in, in a now-to-now, moment-to-moment basis to assimilate that fifth-dimensional part of ourselves. And so I want everyone to focus on that true soul essence. And you can use a symbol or you can just sense or feel this expanded part that you carry that's here for all of us. It's 
the higher selves are part of it, six-dimensional soul aspects are part of it, and the living, breathing soul body, soul and body that we have in the fifth-dimensional <clears throat> realm is, is also a part of this. So we are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are all, I want all of us to focus, and I'm bringing it, we were already connected, we are already part of the light, but I wanted to bring it into consciousness. Because this consciousness is power. And the more we become conscious of this part of who we are and focus on it, the stronger the interconnection, the stronger the assimilation will be for each and every one of us. I also want to move the totality of who we are into the originating source of all there is, into that symbolic diamond, that energetic diamond that is a symbol of the totality of the originating source. It is simply our way of saying that we are working in cooperation with those divine energies, that we are one with them, and the brilliance of the light that we are carrying is just streaming through the human kingdom universe, known and unknown. And it is from this place that we are going to be doing this exercise. We are all joined in one accord, and we are operational not only in doing the exercise for the planet, but for the human kingdom universe in general. Okay, I'm now going to move on to the part of the exercise that that Joan gave us uh, many years ago. She says, and now I ask each of you from your heart center to focus your attention on the energy of higher heart consciousness. You may visualize this, if you desire, as a vibrant pink energy interspersed with gold and silver sparks outlined in brilliant white. The pink is symbolic of higher heart consciousness. The silver and gold sparks are symbolic of masculine feminine principles that give birth to the higher heart consciousness. And white is symbolic of the birth, also symbolic of the birth to the higher heart consciousness. By infusing higher heart consciousness into the force fields around the planet, we're giving the souls on the planet, ourselves included, an opportunity to partake of this energy. For souls magnetically attract from the force fields around the planet all that the soul desires. And by placing the energy in this manner around the planet, we're giving souls the opportunities to grow and expand in their own unconsciousness of higher heart consciousness. For the souls, as you may understand, this is Janet speaking, are taking it in at the soul soul level. And so at the mind level, they may not be conscious of it. Okay. Higher heart consciousness is the highest level of love perfected. Higher heart consciousness is love perfected in its purest, most objective form. It carries within it various levels of understanding so that each soul partaking of the energy, can reach for that level that is right for the soul at that point in time. There are many different ways to assist the humanities above and beyond standing in a public place. And this is one way you can assist and work with the humanities by spending time as often as you can by focusing the energy of higher heart consciousness out across the planet. Now in the state of amalgamation, begin to focus the energy of higher heart consciousness out into the totality of the universal atmosphere. 
There are higher cells in place that come through to assist in directing and processing the energy so that not only are you assisting humanities on this planet, but you are assisting humanities on all planetary systems by focusing this energy out into the universal atmosphere or the totality of the human kingdom universe. You are also focusing it into the astral bands around this planet and all astral bands of the human community at large throughout the human kingdom universe. And wherever this energy moves, it leaves in place an imprint of itself. So that by working in the now of this moment and this manner, you are providing the higher heart consciousness energy for future generations throughout the human community, throughout the animal community, throughout the planet and mineral community, plant and mineral community. For what is placed remains. Compassion, as part of higher heart consciousness, becomes important as this thrusting movement continues to build momentum. For when you are compassionate toward a sense of balancing and harmony, for when you are compassionate toward the needs of others, whether you agree with how they are fulfilling or not, you are unconsciously sending into that situation a comforting sense of harmony and love and nurturing. When an individual reaches a point of understanding and partaking of higher heart consciousness energy, that individual can move a long, long way in assisting to recreate the conditions that might be playing out in the forms of illness of the body, of the mind, of the outer reality. Higher heart consciousness allows the individual to begin to move into higher levels of true understanding, true self-appreciation. It helps the individual to truly love the self properly, and in doing so, it enables that individual to love all life properly. Higher heart consciousness is a very healing, vibrant, precious energy. And this is Janet. That's the end of Joan's words. But I want each and every one of you to continue to focus on that symbolic pink energy with the gold and silver flecks surrounded by the white uh, light. And focus that energy. Just keep pulsing it out almost like a heartbeat. And let's focus on it a while. I want because I a lot and it was distracting perhaps but so I want all of us to focus that beautiful beautiful higher heart consciousness energy into the totality of our astral understanding that the higher self in place there will be distributing it and utilizing it and moving it to wherever it needs to go providing it for any soul that wishes to partake of any part of it there are also higher selves in place, and I see and sense the tremendous movement going on as the higher heart consciousness energy is coming off the planet from us at this moment in time. And at each moment, for everybody who listens to this, as I said, will activate this and will create it again. It's just moving and pulsing this beautiful pink energy into the totality of the universe, known and unknown. And Symbolically, I see the pink moving to solar system after solar system, even um, just throughout the universe. I see, you know, galaxy after galaxy, 
galaxy being encompassed with this pink energy is just mind-boggling how much we're able to do simply by focusing this energy outward, remembering that it does leave an imprint, so it's there for all future generations. But the more we consciously focus this energy, the stronger the imprints become, and the more souls become ready to partake of it down the line. It is a very powerful, very precious energy, and I want to thank everyone for doing this exercise and being one with helping the planet literally without speaking a word, without leaving the comfort of your own home or wherever you're listening to the healing. Okay. With that, we are ending the exercise. And I want to... Again, just review that the, or say that the Christ concept was the last major evolutionary concept that took place on this planet. We are in place to bring that concept up to speed, so to speak, and also to uh, manifest the new age concept. And so now is the first time the, the, Fifth dimensionals in facade form are here in such numbers. I don't know that they were there millions with Christ at Christ's time, but they were certainly there. And there have been many, many fifth dimensionals over time on the planet. There were many fifth dimensionals that were in place during the Renaissance, uh, many in place as the planets expanded over the last 2,000 years. It's not that fifth dimensionals weren't in place along all along the way, but this is the next major infusion, and we have, quote-unquote, the second coming with so many fifth dimensionals in place. Now, I want you to know that those in place during the Christ concept, they, they do not feel like they were failures. They truly have grasped the idea that and understand, even though they also carry the facade soul, that the mission was aborted, but they also are most familiar with what happened back then, and they have they have stepped forward, and they stepped forward when Joan was in place to help us, to help explain more, to support us in our mission to bring in the aborted higher heart consciousness mission to bring it into the state of clarity and to have it manifest at its purest in its purest form. And they are they are present today to help us. Now as as a result, many of them came forward and were reflected by Joan back in the day during the Wednesday group. Maris came in and spoke to us five separate times. Paul, whose fifth dimensional name was Sadakis, he came in nine times. Peter came in once, so did Mary. And they all shared with us from their perspective various things about that time and how we can help. And so starting next week, I'm actually going to read to you some of the words that Joan reflected. Now, I will have done some editing uh, 
some of the words are very, you know, it's very esoteric in a way. And I also need to fit the radio format. And some of, and it's a lot of material, so I'm editing down some of the material as well. And I will interrupt the narrative from time to time to explain something that they might be saying. I don't want to change the words per se, but I might come in and explain just in case somebody doesn't get it. Although you might all get it, I will come in to explain from time to time what they, uh, what you know, the, what they're trying to say. Now, I do want you to understand this isn't meant to do to be sensational. It's not about bringing everybody into a state of awe and oh my gosh and all of that. It is not about creating phenomenon. But Marius and the rest of the of those fifth dimensionals that were in place then, many of them have a true interest in the evolutionary process. They understand the stagnation of humanities in place now. They understand our job, so to speak, and they they come in to give help. Now, I am going to be, as I said, sharing some of these actual words. I want you to, to, to take it in from the state of objectivity, again, between belief and disbelief. And Marius himself tells you the same thing, and you'll, you'll see when I read it. I'm going to start next week doing this uh, you know, these things I'm going to bring you. I don't know how many of the words I'm going to bring you. Maybe not that many. Maybe a couple of Marius, a couple of Paul. I have to read through all of them and see which are the ones that are more most apropos. But understand their, their, their intention is not to be, oh, look at me, you know, uh, idolize me and all of that. Remember, their intention is to bring it into a state of balance where we each are our own directing identity and we are own, we're on our own journey and we, it is not about somebody external to us saving us. So, but they want to get us help. Now, I've worked with Marius quite a bit myself. I don't talk about it, but I do work with him quite a bit. Paul has only come into me a couple of times, but Marius comes in on a, a fair amount. And he's come in with a couple of clients, not many. And he also works with me individually and what, you know, various healings that I'm doing on my own at a distance or on myself. So, and they will explain in their own words how they're going to help. You'll see. And Paul's explanation of, of how he's going to help is very interesting. I'm looking forward for you to letting you know about that. But starting next week, I am going to have these people in their own words, as reflected by Joan, give you some of their take on it, their explanations, their viewpoints. And I think you're going to find it very enlightening. And I do so much translating. I do so much paraphrasing of information because there's so much, you know, I'm going to talk on the astral, you know, there's 90 pages of information on the astral. I have to paraphrase it down to one section in my second book or three or four shows. I'm constantly having to paraphrase and edit, but this is, and this is the first time that I'm bringing out in their own words, this information because I think it's that important, because it directly relates to why we're here, what we are doing as interplanetary, present on the planet, 
fifth dimensionals carrying the dual soul nature. It, it directly reflects on that, and there isn't anyone more invested or more uh, thinking it's more important than anyone else, but those who were present during that time and understand the misinterpretations and misconceptions that they did, the reason they did misinterpret the, the situations and the conditions there, what happened as a result, the understanding that they now have, the expanded understanding, uh, because they're assimilated with that fifth dimensional part of themselves and all the help they want to give, how, they, how we can be most effective to carry out our mission, which is to run both ages, both infusions at the same time, the higher heart consciousness infusion and the new age infusion. So, so guys, that's the scoop, uh, and I think you will find it very interesting. Again, this is not at all to hurt or upset anybody, to denigrate anybody's belief systems. It's presenting information. It works for me. It fills in a lot of gaps for me, a lot of misunderstandings for me. Uh, brought me out of a state of confusion. Tremendous amount of help for me and for many that I know of. Again, listen with open ears with standing between belief and disbelief. And I think there'll be at least parts that you'll take away thinking, hmm, worst comes to worst, it's food for thought, and that's always a good thing. It's always a good thing to look at ourselves, to look at our ideas, to look at our concepts. And say, is this still hold for me? Or, or is there something else that might work better or might work uh, more positively or however you want to characterize it. So that's it. That was my big step in off the cliff, <laughs> moving into presenting the higher heart consciousness information and moving into the rest that I'm going to be presenting over the fall. It took me a long time to get here, guys, and I feel very comfortable with it now, which means I've done enough work on myself that I can accept that no matter how people hear it, no matter how people might condemn me or condemn the information or hate it or whatever, uh, be upset by it, no matter what the feedback is, good, bad, or indifferent, that I'm okay. I'm presenting it. It's worked for me. It's helped me. It's helped others that I know. And I, I accept that, and I accept I am who I am, and thank goodness that I'm there. It was actually Paul that came into me and said, yes, I need to bring this out. He was also the one that came to me and said, I need to talk about the testers and tempters, the Lucifer element. It was Paul. Those were the two times he came in when I went in to get information and said, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I should do that. And but I was working on myself and Paul came in both those times and he was the one that sort of nudged me over to making the decision. And so, as I said, they continue to help. They continue to be a part of this expansion, and I'm sure they're there for many others on the planet. It's not just me, but in any case, it's me giving out this information on the radio show, and that's the best I can do at this point. I don't, as you know, I don't know what everybody else gets. So anyway, that's the scoop. I love you all. I love the opportunity to do the show, and I'll be going to Houston on Saturday as I I mentioned my daughter's having a baby, and right now she is due to give birth on 
the 8th. The 9th is the show next week, next Wednesday. So I, I'm actually prepared for next week. I prepared a couple, three shows just so that I don't have, in case I don't have the time to do the prep. So the show is prepared, but I don't know what's going to happen with the birth. So if I'm still in the hospital Heather, with Heather, if there's still, you know, things going on on the night, I will not be able to do the show next week. If I can't do it next week, hopefully I can do it the next week unless I'm traveling because there is a possibility I could be traveling back on the Wednesday. So we'll see. But my hope is over the next, you know, through November and December to continue with this process. And there will be dark days. I just can't help it because there's unknown out there. But I, but you'll you'll see uh, when I'm going to have the show. If you don't see it posted coming on, you'll see it in my archive. Okay, so thank you so much. I love each and every one of you, and I see that Robin is on the phone. I'm so glad you were on, Robin. Love you, love you, love you, and I will hopefully connect with you soon. Uh, All the best, and here's to the higher heart consciousness. We all can partake of that energy, so let's focus on it, think about it, and bring it to ourselves and to the humanity. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.